0: hey everybody welcome to d3 glory days i'm noah that's Stu. back today with another episode of the trials files but before Stu comes on to introduce that guest a reminder that there are some fun ways to support this podcast if you are so inclined the best thing you can do is share it with a friend leave us a rating or review wherever you're listening that really helps out a lot We have a link to our Venmo in the show notes down below. You can think of that as our internet tip jar. And we still have some of our winter hats available for sale. You can find those on d3glorydays.com. Also linked in the show notes down below. If you want to save 10% on your order, you can use code LISTENER at checkout for 10% off the D3 Glory Days winter hats. Once those are gone, they ain't coming back. So thanks for bearing with us there. And Stu, who did we have on the show today? Yeah, today we had
1: Ryan Jara he graduated from Hope back in 2010. As of 2019, he was a 234 marathoner. And as we head into 2024, he's now a 217 marathoner and obviously has qualified for the trials. You might be thinking, how did he do this? Well, he goes into it. He was a sub 16 minute five care, barely. He ran 1552 in college. And now he's repping that in his marathons. It's a great story of progression and just slowly but surely getting faster and getting faster with age. It's definitely a episode that will resonate with you if you find yourself in your mid thirties wondering what your running is all about or if you're in your late twenties and even in college, it shows you what you can do after you graduate and that the dream is always there but the
0: hustle is sold separately. We're definitely suckers for stories of improvement on this podcast, so thanks to Ryan for sitting down with us and talking through it. It's always kind of nice to talk to somebody who's in the midst of their glory days, even so long after their college career, so we hope you enjoy this episode. We'll touch base quickly on the other side. Until then, here's to the glory days.
1: All right, welcome back to D3 Glories, continuing on with the D3 Trials Files. Forgot to mention that last time with Holly Clark, a little series we have going on for those who have qualified for the Olympic Trials. Today, we're joined by Ryan Jara from Hope College. Back in 2010, he qualified at the McCurdy Micro Marathon back a few months ago and getting ready for Orlando. Ryan, welcome to D3 Days. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, we're looking forward to... Talking about your journey, you know, we mentioned a little bit confirming your college PRs. You were a 1554 guy, 3252 in the 10K. You dropped a lot of time in the marathon. After qualifying for from the Mercury Marathon, you see your 1554, your 3252 PBs. Does it hit you that you're an Olympic trials qualifier?
2: Yeah, it kind of it kind of took a while. Even like a couple of weeks after, it was kind of like uh, like my wife and I were talking like oh I I finally I finally did it I you know, this is something that I kind of wanted to do for a while but I even up at 2019 I had a 234 marathon PR so it was kind of something I wanted but I couldn't even talk about it because I was 234 so to have it is uh it's kind of nice we had like a birthday party for one of our kids A couple weeks after, like, are you over, were you over the moon after you qualify? And I'm like, it was like three weeks after. I was like, yeah, I, I still, I still am over the moon. I still am pretty happy, pretty happy with it. So it definitely hit me like a bag of bricks, which was nice.
0: I don't want to back up too far quite yet. So why don't, why don't you kind of go through the decision process about selecting the McCurdy Micro Marathon to, to choose as your OTQ attempt and, and maybe describe that race and it's setup for people who aren't familiar with it.
2: Yeah, one of my runny buddies, also a D3 guy, Matt Ran here in Maine, um, mentioned it to me last last spring. I ran VCM with kind of an outside hopes in May to to get the trials qualifier. I was able to load my PR to 220 at that point. Um, my wife and I had a discussion of which ones to do. Being a family guy, I have three kids. It just worked out where McCurdy's was like 45 minutes from my in-law's house um, once I found out about it. So it was a pretty, pretty easy decision for me. Um, I had Indy as like, a Indianapolis as a backup being a Midwest guy, but, um, made the decision for McCurdy and it kind of definitely worked out for me.
1: Take us through, you know, you mentioned three kids training, you graduated 2010. What does training look like for you right now in terms of your schedule?
2: Um, I, it's like a new question every day. The answer really <laughs> depends on what day is being asked. Um, my my wife works in medical. She's gotta be out the door by five forty-five. So a lot of my nights are at um I do like a lunch run during the day and then a lot of my runs are at night. Um couple times a week I'll skip dinner with the family and run. And then the other times we have dinner and then I'm out the door at the kids' bedtime and nowadays um in the dark. So it's it's just being flexible with it. Like I, I gotta kinda like there are days where I maybe don't get the myogen that I wanna get in, but I'll just try and make it up the next and just being very, very flexible with it and being able to like, yeah, just not. Okay, some runners are very stringent about what they want to hit mileage this day, this day, this day, and mine's kind of an open book, I'll have an idea what I want to do, but it's going to change day by day.
0: Kind of talk us through the race itself a little bit. You ran that 223 back in May of 22 and heading into the micro marathon. It was very obvious that the goal of this race was to get as many Olympic trials qualifiers as possible, but there were some, you know, multiple pace groups set up in that race. And so kind of talk us through, you know, picking which pace group you were in and then kind of how the early stages of that race played out for you.
2: Yeah. I mean, the benefits of being older is I've kind of know what to expect. And I, with a hundred, I think there was like 120, 140, something like that guys at the start line, you kind of knew. And, and they told us in a zoom call the night before that, like, it was going to be the, the 218 pace, which is the one I wanted to go after. I wanted to be conservative, knowing how I run, knowing the marathon, how it can be a beast. I, you know, there's no sense to try to make up the time early on. So, you know, I was just going to go that two eighteen and, be safe and like not get into your head. And so when we went out in like 524 and 516, just kind of knowing that this pace group's going to be fine. Henry Sterling, the couple of guys that McCurdy had was pacing. I knew it was going to be fine. And we started chopping off mileage and it was a three mile loop, which is also what I liked about it. i have doing Vermont city, which was also a loop course. I've that's kind of been my last couple um, marathons. have been on loop courses, which is nice. They had a time that you need to hit each lap. So it was very nice knowing where you were and not having to worry about like exact time. Like if your watch is off point one, just knowing that like, Hey, every three miles or two point, it was like 2.95, but every three miles knowing, Hey, Oh, I'm five seconds under now. I'm 10 seconds under, like knowing, knowing that and just, you know, just trying to chop off a little bit of time. Each, each lap was a, was definitely helpful.
1: As Noah said, you know, you made a pretty big jump here to qualify. Where in your training did you get the confidence to go with this pace group? And, you know, it sounds like you have a pretty hectic life with three kids, not really sure when you're running every day, you know, what were indications that you could handle this type of pace?
2: My wife telling me nonstop that I could do it for years. Uh, And then it was kind of slow. Like I was stuck at 234 in 2019. I went to grandma's marathon and thought this is the time i'm finally gonna break 230 i'm finally gonna do it and ran a a very you know happy with 236 and was okay with that and then 2019 i started focusing, knowing i was older i focused on a lot of shorter shorter distance stuff a lot of like one minute you know one minute on one minute off stuff you know trying to get faster and the pandemic hit and i was scheduled to run boston that year in 2020 and that I finally jumped my uh my road 10k pr by like 90 second pr I got down to like 32 flat and at that point I was like okay I think this is going to be the year and then everything hit and with no marathons I just continued to try and get a faster pr and 2021 hit and I was on a track just a solo track was able to get my my 5k to 1509 and just kind of slowly chopped it off and that kind of gave me the confidence to go okay I can I can hang here and Going into VCM 2023, um, my PR at that point was 234.02 and seems kind of crazy talking about it, but the goal was like 225 and, you know, my wife was like, I think you can go 223 and I'm like, oh, I don't know. That seems a lot and got, get into the race at that point And yeah, I just, just kind of went for it. And that's sometimes being aggressive can, can kick you down and then sometimes being aggressive pays off and it paid off for me. And that was kind of the race, the 223 2022, where I went two twenty three. definitely was like, okay, I'm going to give a go, go at the trials next year. And then the next VCM race last spring, I, uh, it was hot. And that was the one where like, that was the race where it finally clicked where everything I thought I could do because it was like high seventies out the courses. It's a great course. I love it there. I've got like a, my two PRs before McCurdy's were there. So I definitely have an affinity for that course, um, but it's on the slower end. And knowing that I went in the heat, I went 220 and dropped my PR by another three minutes. At that point, I, I knew that I could do it. Um, it was just a matter of putting all the pieces together.
0: I'm curious how long the OTQ has been kind of a dream of yours, even if it was a pipe dream back back in the day, because as a, as a 210 grad, you've been through, this is the fourth Olympic trial cycle that you kind of could have gone for since you graduated, we have 12, 16, 20, and then this year. So, you know, in those other Olympic trial cycles, was it ever something in the back of your head that's like, oh, maybe I could try this, but the timing's not right. Or I don't have the infrastructure in place. Like why was, why is the 24 cycle the one where it finally has come together for you? I've
2: finally been able, as my life has gotten busier, I've been able to get more consistent with my running as oddly as that is um or oddly as that sounds but yeah I mean it was a pipe dream but I would say probably since I started doing the marathons I mean started doing marathons in 2011 I always kind of like wanted to do it um as much as a pipe dream as it was but I had to uh lower my time and you know I always wanted to even like 2015 2016 you know I was like okay maybe I can do it maybe I can get there and um and then that dream started going the other way where I can I don't think so. I'm getting older. Like there's just no way. And then I was able to kind of flip the script a little bit with my training and kind of really make some good jumps, which then over the last like year and a half, the dream became like, okay, I can do this. Like, this is now, this is no longer a pipe dream. This is like a possibility.
1: I think it's something interesting you kind of said there's like, as you, you know, are getting older, things are starting to like click more and come into like a little bit more focus. I think a lot of people, at least maybe I'm just speaking for myself, you know, you kind of mentally you stay in like this college mindset of like, oh, I can handle this training, I can run these times that I've done before. But physically it's gets a little bit more difficult. You gotta do a little bit more pre-work to stay to stay with it. Are there anything that you've done either mentally or physically that's like allowed you to get faster as you've gotten older?
2: Um, no, I and that's the thing. I don't do a lot of like I don't do a lot of pre-work. I I haven't done a lot of that. I think one thing I have done is, you know, graduating college and then, you know, being in my mid to late 20s, I didn't gain a ton of weight, but I gained a little bit of weight. And then we had a kid gained a little bit more weight, my first kid, um, who is now going to be seven. So that was uh, 2017. And then 2018, 2019, I started getting back to what I was in college. Um, And, you know, kind of fine tuning that, And then just really being consistent with my training, I think is one thing, the biggest issue is, you know, I was a guy who even in college was run here, run there, not run day to day to day. And, you know, going from a five to six week a day runner to now being seven days a week with maybe every month, one day off, you know, I was very against that five, six, seven years ago. Like I'm going to run five days. I'm good running five days. But at some point, if you want something so bad, you just got to go after it. And at that point it was like the gloves were off and yeah, I'm glad I, glad I took the gloves off, I guess.
0: I love, I love seeing guys do this like late in their careers. You know, you're 36 years old and looking at the results from McCurdy, you were actually like nine seconds away from one of my teammates. His name is Isaac. And I think you're 15 years older than him. Um, so, so what's it like to, you know, get to the start line and look around and, you know, you're a a fully grown, like mature adult with a life and kids. And like the guy next to you is my teammate, Isaac, who lives in his van and just graduated college. Like what was the mindset kind of looking around and, you know, kind of evaluating why you're doing this versus, you know, why some of the younger guys are doing it?
2: Yeah, I, um, it it was, it is funny going there because like when you go pick up McCurdy's it being like a marathon with guys that have to qualify two twenty five to qualify, it was a you know, very small, very fast group. and most of the guys were there either with their teammate, a lot of them with their parents, Here I am with my wife, like towing our towing our six year old around. um and he's like wondering what he can get for like a you know a souvenir or whatever. Um, so it was very interesting to be at the start line. I remember talking about it with a guy you had on Dan Vassalo you know afterwards at like, you know, man, like we look so much younger. I felt so much older than like all the guys at the start line. But I also think like that definitely has helped me because I have so much going on in my, in my life that like, I can't stress out about running. It's going to be what it's going to be. And if I have a bad race, cool. I'm going to go home and forget about it because I've got, I've got eight other things I got going on, which I, I think does, does help me. I came into that race wanting to just enjoy it. My wife is like, Hey, make sure you smile, make sure you smile. And Sometimes when you put so much pressure on yourself, it can be a detriment. And I was there to like, Hey, I'm, I was so far, I was in a pipe dream mode, you know, four years ago. So now being here, I'm going to, I'm going to enjoy it. I'm, I'm going to have fun. I'm going to have fun at every chance I get. Cause being 36 years old, I have no idea when the bottom it could drop off any day so enjoy enjoy every race i get enjoy every training cycle i get the best i can
1: what was your mentality shift you know when you're a a 234 marathoner and then you make that jump down to 223 because you kind of mentioned that you know that kind of gave you that hope that spark to to get an otq but you go from like you know 234 to 223 is a, a pretty big jump and like not all of a sudden like you're at the top of a lot of these races you're at the top Uh, you can get you know guaranteed entry or at least higher priority at races now like did you shift mentally when you went to a 223 marathoner
2: i mean i think i think a little bit i think it took it took some time because being like being where i was at to go into 223 some of these guys it was like do i belong here like which kind of, it was part of my motivation. I kept wanting to prove that I did, even though maybe, Hey, you just went to 23. You don't have to prove anything. And I kept on wanting to find something to just keep motivating me and keep, just keep going. But yeah, I mean, there did have to be kind of a shift in the mindset of like, Hey, you, you can, you, this wasn't a fluke. It wasn't like some sort of flash in the pan. Like you, you belong here. You're, you know, cause it was sort of like, Sometimes just being a little bit pessimistic about myself, of like ah, I don't know if I belong here. Like, I kind of feel I kind of feel out of the loop here. Um, So trying to get into that mindset of like, no, like this is where you this is where you belong. You you can keep up with these guys, and especially when you get into a race like McCurdy's. I mean, and then going back to VCM when I was trying to go for that two twenty that first PR of two twenty three. Um, there was a point in that race, like six seven miles in, where I was at the back of the pack and. Of a group of like nine guys, at that point out in like 2:25 pace, and I remember thinking to myself, "This is too fast." And then at Vermont, there's this giant hill up center of Burlington at mile seven, and by the time we go up that hill, it was me and two other guys, and I'm go from the back of the pack, thinking I can't do this, to the front of the pack in a matter of a mile, uh, leading it. And then the other two guys were with me by the half marathon mark; were gone, and I was by myself. And at that point, I was like, "Okay." And Again, doing most of my training by myself, I kind of like sometimes I like running by myself, which is definitely a change at McCurdy's where it was like, Hey, you're in this giant pack and just trying to like keep the nerves at a, at a minimum and keep them down the best I could.
0: To stay on the vein of McCurdy for a minute, the the pack is huge, varying paces. You have to navigate those logistics, but it also makes for a very special finish line. And looking at the results, it looks like there were five guys behind you who hit the OTQ, and then running 217, there were also a couple guys right outside the OTQ. And so it was obviously an emotional moment for you, but I'm wondering if you can kind of describe the overall emotion of that finishing shoot, because there were a lot of guys accomplishing lifelong goals, but also some guys who just narrowly missed it.
2: Yeah, I mean, I was so happy for myself at the same time you couldn't like kind of take in the heartbreak a little bit, especially in the men's race with it being a three mile loop, you're passing some of the women. So as I was coming around the final time at that point, the women were about to maybe start their final lap and the ones that were, were dropping out, weren't going to hit it and you could just kind of feel the disappointment. So, I mean, it's, it was a great race. Like I, they put on a fantastic product. It was awesome. Um, But it was very, Meet a couple guys in the New England area, we all finished together and, you know, dropping F-bombs, just like so happy for one another. But then on the other side of the coin, it was these guys that just narrowly missed it and you couldn't help but kind of, you couldn't help feel for them. I mean, it really just kind of, it stinks just being that, being that, uh, that close to something. And then on the other side, other guys that are just completely elated.
1: When did you know you had it in the bag Like, or did you ever feel that way. Looking back on it
2: in hindsight, I had in the bag the last lap, but and being a guy who likes to say he's pretty relaxed going to races, yeah, I tensed up that last lap with three miles to go, knowing, you know, I looking at my watch, I went, okay, I have 35 seconds in the bank. Like that's that's a with three miles to go, that's 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 a decent amount. And feeling the way I was feeling that was good. Hey even if you go five twenty fives here on out, you, you're gonna make it. Like on the lap count, like you can afford five twenty fives, and at that point, I was holding like five elevens. So, but a group kind of passed me, and at that point, like right with one lap to go, and at that point, I got a little tense. But as I was able to chew off some more mileage, uh, and looking back on it, I had it in the bag. But I guess I didn't know I had it in the bag until probably about 400, 200 to go. I mean, in my brain, I knew it, but I didn't want anything to, to like, you just don't know till you cross the finish line, you know, like doing the math. Like, yeah, I have it. But it's like, well, what if I don't like the last thing you want is to like, let off the gas a little bit. And then you realize you did the math wrong in your head or for whatever reason, the timing, like whatever was off. So I felt pretty comfortable with, with three miles to go, but, I'd say I knew I had in the bag with about 200 and I saw that clock and it was, I had plenty of time and I, you know, I qualified with 41 seconds left. So it was a good feeling.
0: Qualifying for the trials, you know, at an October race is pretty late in the game and it kind of requires you to finish that race and then pretty, pretty quickly switch focus over to the actual trials itself and so I'm curious how you've handled that transition from celebrating a successful race to then focusing on what will be by far the biggest race of your career and kind of what steps have you taken mentally, physically between October and February to get ready for that?
2: Um I typically take uh I typically take like a week off uh but uh after McCurdy's I felt pretty beat up more so than i usually do and i typically don't feel that beat up after the marathon um i feel like i can train pretty quickly so i i made a point wanting to like it my all this cycle i took two weeks straight off enjoyed myself like really just kind of took in everything of like hey i this event that i've wanted to qualify for for a while and put in a lot of effort and not just me but like my wife and my family so i enjoyed i enjoyed thoroughly the 13 days off that I had and then it was back to the grind um and I like even today I mean I feel good I think those two weeks off has really helped me because I going into McCurdy's there were times where like okay yeah I kind of feel 36 years old I feel I feel a little beat up here I feel a little tired but with those two weeks off and so far with this cycle with four weeks left you know, my body feels a lot better than it did with four weeks left going into mercurities, which is, which is good. So I think those two weeks off helped me out a lot. And I think the marathon to me, to me, it beats up more than men- the mentally it beats you up with all the mileage you're doing and everything. So, so that mental break, I think was also really, really important.
1: How are you viewing the trials? Are you viewing this as a victory lap? Are you viewing this as, let's see how fast I can go. You know, what are you, how are you holding the trials in your palm right now?
2: definitely both celebrate it, enjoy it. Like, let's have fun. Like I want to, I want to like kind of embrace everything I can about it. At the same time, my college coach is coming down. I have, I have like seven of my college buddies coming down. So these are guys that are like, they're going to have fun and they're going to enjoy it, but they're also flying to come watch me race. So let's make sure I get a good cycling. So Weather depending, you know, it's a big, the big issue with, with Florida. Um, weather pending. uh Yeah. Like I would love to try to touch that, you know, two seven th- love to PR again. I mean, I would love to PR again. We'll see whether weather pending we'll see, but I, I want to definitely run really, really well, but also have a good time and enjoy myself. So kind of try to try to navigate both of those as much as I can.
0: You mentioned your college coach and teammates. That's probably a good segue to it's probably a good segue to take you back in time a little bit. And so on this podcast, we like to first kind of figure out why you ended up at the college or university you ended up at. And so if you can kind of take us back into, you know, Ryan selecting colleges and tell us a little bit about how you ended up at Hope.
2: Yeah. I knew I wanted to run in college. Once I started running, when I was younger, I was a, like every runner, I was a soccer player. Uh, and then I started, you know, started running and realized, I'm okay, this is enjoyable and decent at it. And at that point, I wasn't good enough in high school, wasn't good enough to like run, run D1. But uh, and I knew I wanted to go to a smaller school, which Hope College, I grew up on the east side of Michigan, Hope College is on the west side. So Mark Northice, the coach at the time, now still the coach, uh, came and saw our state meet and kind of just like sold my parents over, sold me over, Uh, He's been kind of a huge instrument into where I'm at today. Uh, Like I owe a lot to him. So, uh, but at that point, I just knew that's where I wanted to go. And that's where I wanted to run.
1: With Hope, I'm blanking on how successful they were in the early 2000s, but did that have any, you know, indication? I know Calvin's a massive rival winning, you know, their streak is insane. You know, did that, with where their performance was at, was that any, any any? Guiding factor of where you wanted to go?
2: Yeah, I think so. I'm a really, really competitive individual. Like, like, like a lot of like a lot of guys that, at this stage, I'm very competitive. So, yeah, I mean, choosing Hope. There's, I was down to like Hope and a couple other like schools in the area, like Alma, Albion, and Hope was the better of the three, which I think also kind of swayed me a little bit. You know, they definitely weren't they weren't great by any stretch. The women's program now is, is very, very good. Kind of annual going they go to nationals annually um but uh yeah i definitely wanted to go to a school that was was uh at least decent to some extent so that that definitely had some sort of swaying power in me for sure
1: i guess this kind of goes into past college but what kept you going and what kept that fight after you know you, you obviously had a, a solid career at hope but you weren't leaving an all-American, you weren't leaving a national champion or anything like that. What kept you going?
2: Something to do. That's what I think it it started off with. I think like you leave college, and I went to. I was born in Denver, born in Colorado, so I went out to work there for a year um before coming back back east. And yeah, it was like something to do, something to keep me busy, and. I ran a half marathon, probably maybe not the smartest decision, but I ran a half marathon October after I graduated. So six months after I graduated. And went one thirteen, I was like, whoa, okay, that was way better than I expected. And I think that kind of was the first little like step to like continue running um and kind of move forward. Uh and then I was just kind of stuck at that one thirteen mark for for a long time and you know, plowed through plowed through as much as I could
0: when you were kind of you know stuck in that plateau and you know you mentioned that you were pretty content for a lot of the time running 5 days a week was, was there you know a period of time where you were just like you know what maybe I'm a 110 113 half marathoner and that's perfectly fine or was there always this voice in the back of your head that says you know I've got a lot more to give than this
2: yeah i mentioned a little bit earlier i like i started going that way i definitely started going to the point where, yeah, I think maybe I'm just a 234 guy. I think I'm just a 113 half guy. I think that's just, I'm just a high 15, 5K guy. And I'm okay with it. And, you know, you've part of, again, where I'm at, I've talked about her a lot. My wife, Claire, we met in college We met in college at Hope. And she's like, no, no, you're not. Like in that, you know, so the little, the little person on my shoulder can, wasn't necessarily be myself. It was my better half kind of telling me, you're, you're better than that. You just got to put in the effort and, and work a little harder, but you can get to where you, where maybe you thought you could have gotten five, six, seven years ago. But yeah, as I got older in my late twenties, I started definitely going, maybe I'm just a two, three, four. and I'm happy with that. I'm very content with that. I, I like to run. It It's a stress reliever for me. Like I'm not necessarily doing this because I'm good at it. I'm doing it because I like it. And I'm very happy with where I'm at.
1: Is your wife a runner or was she in college?
2: She was a year younger than I was, but, uh, with, with three kids now, she, she's takes all backseat of the running, but she's starting to run a little bit more now. But, uh, yeah, she definitely, which helps cause she knows what it takes and having that we used to, again, pre-kids, we would go on runs together all the time, hikes, runs, whatever you name it. And obviously kids now the one time a year where family watches the kids and we get to go on a run together. We'll take that opportunity as quickly as we can.
0: I don't really care if she's a runner. I was going to ask if she was a motivational speaker. Oh, yeah, <laughs> probably for me. She she definitely
2: she would never say that she is a motivational speaker. But oh, for me, she is for sure.
0: Because she's kind of like low key the hero of this story. Like I feel like without her, like you would have kind of let yourself quit a while ago.
2: There's a I think there's a decent likelihood of that. Like. I mean, other times I have to tell her like, "No, you're you're crazy. I am not that fast. Like, oh, I think you can go 223. No, I think you're crazy." And then, and that was the lead up to VCM in 2022. It was like, "You, I think you should shoot. Don't shoot for 225. Shoot for 223. You're crazy." And then I went 223. And like, like most good wives, she was right. So I proved her right once again.
0: She's got uh, speed goggles on. She's trying to turn you into <laughs> turn you into the Olympic trials qualifier. So
2: yeah, and that's again goes to show like you guys asked like where's my head at going to the trials. I I definitely want to enjoy it because I not only have I kind of tried really hard, but so but so has she. So it's you know, it's something that like let's let's have a good time, let's enjoy it a little bit.
1: Are you riding your own training or do you have a coach?
2: Uh me and my dumb brain has been has been my coach ever since ever since I graduated. Uh so- yeah, I don't think I've I'm trying to make sure, yeah, I've never had a coach.
1: I guess that's interesting and maybe a rarity for those maybe that have qualified. I feel like sometimes when you coach yourself, you can talk yourself out of doing harder workouts. Seems like the new England area, you know, maybe you guys are a little bit grinders than the Midwest, but how do you keep yourself motivated and to do the training that you come up with in your head?
2: Uh, yeah, it's a good question. Um, it's, I think you mentioned it, it's grinding. It's it's keeping yourself honest to an extent. But I also think at, same, at the same time, I mean, trying to find that fine line of, hey, don't, you plan to do a workout today, but you don't need to do it. Save it for, I mean, the way I've built my training is I do a lot of like my, a lot of my workouts per se are done on my long runs on Saturday. So there are definitely, middle week where i do my speed where like i just don't feel i don't have it today and instead of trying to do a workout and it not going well maybe getting down on myself shouldn't go out for a regular run man just go go get go get the mileage in that's what matters and let's do the hard stuff make sure my body's ready on a saturday and trying but trying to find that fine line of and i definitely like when my 20s clearly i was not did not have that fine line down where now I've kind of been able to really hone hone it in and know which days to maybe let's switch it up. And I think like sometimes when you have a coach, it's I'm going to follow these days. But again, with how busy my life is, being able to be flexible with that definitely suits not having a coach.
0: Now that you're starting to show your true potential, you know, sub 218, obviously you have the trials coming up, but beyond the trials, you know, that kind of marathon time opens up a lot of different possibilities. So what, what in the sport are you looking forward to now that you can approach it with that, that mindset of like, you're a guy who belongs in just about any elite field?
2: Uh, The one monkey I have is I've done Boston twice and I've, uh, have yet to break, I think 244. So after this, I'm gonna take a break uh, for the next six months, focus on kind of speed stuff, just lower the mileage a little bit. Uh, but I, I kind of that's a monkey that I wanna I wanna go after, because uh, it's like, you know, very humbling experience when I think I'm a 233 guy, 234 and then do Boston twice and get my butt kicked each time. So there there's that and. Yeah, just kind of get back to enjoying that I love doing um there's a couple of relay races in the New England area I've done. So try to do a couple of those again. Those are always fun. The team stuff is great. The team the team relay races uh are just I find to be a ton of fun and Maine's got Maine's got a good one called Des. It's an overnight relay race, um, which I like doing and I've done it now twice and love to do it a third time and enjoy
1: it enjoy it again. When does master's eligibility kick in? 39 or 40? 40, 40 okay so you have, you have a few years until you can start doing some master stuff
2: yeah i've got I've got a few years I got a few years for that we'll let the body heal for the la the, the pain that I've put it through the last uh, 18 <laughs> months for a little bit before I can before getting getting back on the saddle so to speak
1: Does that excite you kind of doing like the master's circuit or trying to get in like be a masters at NYC or Boston or anything like that if you can keep fitness and f- keep health and everything yeah
2: so 36 i think i probably start thinking about that at like 38 maybe 39 because as i mentioned earlier again part of me is just kind of going okay when when is the bottom gonna drop off again and am i gonna go kind of back or so once i get to like 38 39 yeah my boston is a master's done so many i've done 13 marathons so i definitely focusing on like yeah i've done 13 now 13 and so focusing. And some of the shorter stuff I, and you know, some of the local Maine's got a great running community, fantastic running community. It's a great community to be a part of. So try to focus on some of those races over the next couple of years. years um, and enjoy being a dad with my kids. I've not that I've missed things with my kids, but like, I like to golf. I want to take my kid golf and things like that, you know, just enjoy Not And I could before, but having that kind of over the last couple of years on the shoulder of like, Hey, you've got, got to put in these miles, got to put in these work. So being able to kind of not have that over my shoulder a little bit and being able to focus on some other things at the house would be, is going to be kind of nice.
0: Stu, i kind of feel like we're like speaking to your future here. We need to get you out to do a training camp with Ryan. Me? Yeah. I feel, I feel like this is you in the future.
1: Yeah, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm getting back into my training. I'm not nearly near you, but I kind of hope that I can make some big jumps in the future
2: well, it's it's kind of why I if you know me and me, I'm very kind of quiet, keep to myself. and so trying to be a little bit more outspoken here because uh, I just trying to like, if I can motivate anybody, sure, great. um, fantastic put in the work, put in the training, you never know what's going to happen. like you just you never know
1: well, I think it's such like an interesting story because you leave college, you know, barely breaking six sixteen minutes. you go years without even breaking two thirty. And now, you know, obviously the oldest you've ever been, as as you are, you know, you're a two seventeen marathoner, you're an OTQ. I think it just the Lost Boys keeping the dream alive is so apparent here. Like if you just keep putting the miles, keep stacking the days, like it, it's gonna eventually pay off for you, no matter what your goals are.
2: Yeah, I, especially when it comes to like the marathon, you learn so much with training. You everybody's body is different, like. There are guys who can't handle the mileage, but can do cross training and kill it. Like my wife was, she's huge in cross training. It really helps her and makes her go faster. I can't stand the elliptical or the bike. I I just can't, I cannot, cannot stand it. So just trying to figure out what makes you tick and what works for you is, and sometimes it takes 15 years to to figure it out. Um, But I remember we moved to Maine in 2015 and at that point, I hadn't broken sixteen on the road, and it took me like all like summer long. And finally, one race, fifteen fifty seven. I was so happy, like utterly thrilled. And then going, being here now, and going, whoa! Fit, like, and I was seeing how thrilled I was about that. It's just, it's definitely a uh, kind of a uh, hit you in the face a little bit sometimes.
0: Do you consider yourself to be kind of a lifer? Like, you'll always train and race to some extent.
2: Oh yeah, my wife probably wants me to say no, but I think over the last like eighteen months we figured out that I just I do it they say do what makes you happy. And I love yeah, I love to run. Um my my oldest kid, six and a half, he'll go he'll ride his bike with me in, in the in town here. And that's a way I can spend time with my kids is riding bikes and I'll run or I'll bike with them. So yeah, just I love to be active. That I've always been that way. I cannot just sit down and not do anything i've got to be whether it be a notre dame football game all my buddies will tell you i don't sit for those things i'm just constantly moving constantly active like moving around cross training
1: uh, kind of who i am <laughs> what's your mileage at we did we kind of glanced over that it sounds like you're doing like lunch runs dinner runs like what's what's it at like total wise
2: uh i was at 113 this week Jesus. Um, yeah i uh i've been able to kind of bump to that i probably was before you know, it's is a good thing, I think, at least someone for me, knowing how much I'm doing when, what might work, and having that, like, ability to kind of go back and figure things out. So I have, like, no idea what I was doing back in 2017, 18. I definitely don't think I was going above 70 consistently. So I've taken the last couple of years to get to 100. And each cycle, I kind of push the envelope a little bit more. Um, before my cycle was probably down, when I first started getting – the PR down to two twenty three. I think I had just barely touched a hundred a couple times. And so the last couple cycles I've pushed it further and further. Uh and just trying to baby it because the last thing I want to do is get hurt, but babying it the best I can and just playing with kind of at this point just tinkering it a little bit.
1: Are you doing the Cam Levin style where like, you're like doing three day, three runs a day of just like six miles just to get the miles in?
2: Uh sometimes like again with the kids, sometimes that that happens. It's like you know, we went. Our family went camping this summer, and it was like, okay, going to run here, going to run there. I'm gonna, we're going on a family bike ride. That I'm gonna run back to the ba- back to the campground. So yeah, just get in. Yeah, sometimes get in the miles the best I the best I can. I'm kind of a with my training. I'm kind of three weeks up, one week down, three weeks up, one week down.
1: I'm kind of just, like picturing you running around Maine, like getting groceries, because I like, like it's the only time you can like run, like just like running around with like a bag of groceries, because like you have some free time then.
2: Uh, I definitely have run to daycare with a stroller, pick the yeah. kid up and run home with, with the stroller. So not groceries, but kids, yeah. kids in daycare. I have done that a couple of times.
1: I mean, do yeah. whatever it takes, you know?
2: Yeah. I mean, especially like when, you know, a lot of that was like August and September. So being able to do that, you know, when like, all right, I'm going to enjoy these, like in the last couple of days, I think a couple of times my oldest would bike with me to pick up the kids in the daycare and we go to the stroller and then come on home and, Hey, I'm gonna get in a few miles. I'll make it work.
0: There should be like a subdivision of running where you're only allowed to train like while you're running an errand. And like you can't just go out for a run. It has to be like you're going to pick up the car from the auto shop or something.
2: Yeah, and I, I think you'd be old, the cha-
0: like you'd be the champion.
2: Well, you, you know you're old when when you see like Guinness World Records guys breaking like stroll runs, and you're like going, oh, I wonder how fast I could do that in because I do a couple here and there. You started, you know, like, that's when you know, like, okay, I'm at the point now, I definitely have kids. I'm definitely getting older because I'm starting to think if I, what's, how close to the record could I get pushing, pushing a kid in a stroller?
1: Are you in a big town in Maine or where in Maine are you?
2: Um, we live right outside Portland. Um, so we live in like a smaller town, but only 15 minutes away. So pretty, pretty close nearby, but we've got a couple nice like trails. So I've known a couple like trail runners in town and I'm kind of known as the the weird guy I running at like seven eight o'clock at night. Just I was gonna like, say I'm
1: sure they know you as like the runner guy now, just like all over the place in town. If it's a small town,
2: yeah. I, there was, I there was once I go to the grocery store and I thought I I thought I knew someone from a different encounter, and it happened to be that they just saw me running, and they that's how they that's how they knew who I was because they they saw me running so often in the neighborhoods, especially in the winter time. Where my, the like when it gets dark and the snow comes in, my routes will change and I'm definitely to like one section of town. And so the same people see me over and over and over and over again.
1: What's the town's reception of you qualifying?
2: There hasn't been too much. I mean, the couple people that we know in town pretty, pretty happy, pretty like, pretty happy for me. I mean, I think there's like if, as great as this is, if you're not a, huge runner i think some people hear the trials and it's it kind of might go over the head a little bit um but then when you kind of break it down it's like oh whoa okay yeah
0: i think we'll let you sign off by kind of imagining that you're talking to a, a current college kid. We have a lot of, you know, current college athletes who listen to this podcast and they're the fifth or sixth guy on their team. They're kind of wondering if there's a path to running after college for them and if it's worth pursuing to them. What, what would you say to somebody who asked you for advice?
2: Man, there's definitely a path. There is absolutely a path for you. I was the seventh guy on the team throughout the year and move up to like fifth there there's a path keep working at it like if you love it keep running keep having fun you know play around with your workouts try to figure out what works for you um and don't get too hard on yourself because this we get to like you get to work out and keep yourself in you know decent shape and it's uh just enjoy it and that's i think what i would probably say
1: Awesome. Well, thanks, Ryan. Thank you for your time and taking us through your journey. It's definitely one that will be motivating and and will resonate with a lot of people. So good luck. And we'll see you down in Orlando.
2: Thanks guys. You guys have a good day. Appreciate it.
0: That's all for another episode of your favorite division three running, jumping and throwing podcast. D three glory days. Thanks so much for listening from me and Stu Check out the show notes down below for ways to support this podcast, and we'll be back to you very soon with another episode from The Trials Files. So we'll talk to you then. Here's to the glory days.